Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. It is a couple of hours after getting back from the MCG after one of the, well, it was one of the great days of the footy, really. Hawthorne beating Geelong by 12 points in front of 48,000 fans and one of those topsy-turvy games. I checked my uh, heart rate, and I'm sitting in the press box today, by the way, it's supposed to be neutral. My heart rate was doing all sorts of very high numbers through most of that last quarter. I don't know about you guys, uh, Andrew Weiss. You finally made it to a game and uh, worth worth the wait. My first major game in Melbourne, I should say. You yeah, you've seen the two best wins of the year. Bonus points for the Port Adelaide game, but um, no, it was it was an incredible experience. I thought that I actually got very sad very quickly at quarter time with the Reeves injury, and we were lucky not to be trailing at halftime. So it was pretty felt pretty negative all the way through to halfway through the last quarter when all of a sudden it was like, actually, they're having a fair old crack and we are a massive chance to win this. And uh, despite the opportunities and turnovers and uh, a number of wasted chances going inside 50, the kids can play. They really stood up and it was just an outstanding day to go to the footy. And Darren Levine, who sent a, I don't know, WhatsApp group. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to go today. Dave uh, gives us a suspense. Did you get there? I got there. I think the rain was the reason I was going to maybe stay home. I had seats out in the open, but um, so glad I went. And it felt felt a bit like a final. There was there were people singing the songs down the down the um, the tunnel at the end, and then they were playing horses in the in the foyer as well. And wow. what, what happy Hawks fans on the way home was great. It was uh, as you said, one of the great days at the footy. Uh, so this is our rankings. Um, Player ranking podcast on Hawks Insiders. We know the drill. I'll run through the team. You guys take turns to give the ratings. We'll debate. I'm not sure there'll be a lot of the raging debate. I think we'll be in agreement about a lot today because it was a, one of those days where pretty much had to have a bad player. Every player contributed something. So we start as always with number one. Used to be the fans. Now it's Harry Morrison. 21 disposals. Fifth, uh, he had um, nine marks and two tackles. Spent most of his time in the defensive half, 30, uh, 57% disposal efficiency. Um, nothing else that really uh, comes to mind. We'll kick off with you, Andrew. Uh, yeah, look, I think sort of similar to last week, I didn't actually feel like at the ground I noticed Harry that much. And I mean, 21 touches and, and nine marks suggests a fairly decent game, but I, I just... I think he was part of a team that overall played very well, part of a good system without being outstanding. Uh, I gave him a six out of 10. We're going to be interrupted by my dog on and off over the course of the evening. I'm sorry, but uh, it's just the way it is. It's a very homespun. Uh, Pod Darren, any thoughts? And Harry, I think, um, yeah, same as Andrew. I think it's probably one of his... He started the season really well, probably not his best game for the year. But, um, yeah, just this disposal efficiency was not great this week. But, again, it was very wet ball. So, given the better for the doubt, and he did what he needed to do, played his role. Number two, Mitch Lewis, 16 disposals. He had uh, seven marks, three goals, zero. Very important to note that after he had the the yips. Uh, was it last week against St Kilda? I think he... Uh, at the kicking yips, he had 69% disposal efficiency. 
He had um, of his um, he had seven score involvements. He took uh, all his marks were uncontested, um, and he didn't take any ruck contests either. By the way, um, what did you make of his game, Jack? I thought he was one of the best players on the ground, and I think you don't you didn't really get to see the full impact of Mitch if you weren't at the ground. He would he just worked his socks off the whole day, presented at so many contests. If he if he didn't win it, he was bringing it to ground. Thought he just contributed so 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 much there in terms of his his height and his willingness to to contest the footy. Um, that last goal that he kicked, I almost lost my glasses. Throwing accidentally, smashing, nearly throwing them over the throwing them over the edge of the of the um of level A and um yeah I just I thought he was I thought it was again he's just continuing on his merry way and he's 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 playing really well and that was a terrific game by Mitch. From where I was sitting, when Bruce kicks the ball long for and I wasn't sure I mean, he got out the back and suddenly you look up and if you. Where's his kick going? And then suddenly you look up and you see Lewis by himself. He had 30 metres in the clear. It's like, you can imagine what the, the noise must be like in the crowd when everyone came to the same conclusion that he's going to run to open goal and kick the seal. It was unbelievable, the, the noise in the crowd. And we, I think that was that was it. That was a seal and we all knew it. And it was just such a satisfying goal. I cheered it so wholeheartedly every single step that he took. And he, he milked a bit of time off the clock as well. So... And just a goal that'll live long in the memory, even though it's probably one of the easiest ones he'll kick. All right. Uh, this player, number three, Tom Mitchell, 33 disposals, of which 14 kicks, nine in handballs, one mark, one tackle, one goal, important uh, goal he kicked in the last quarter. He had 21 contested possessions. He had seven turnovers, seven intercept possessions. Um, he had... Um, Six inside fifties. Um, he had fifteen set bounce attendances, but this is the set I want to go through before I pass it over to you, Andrew. Let's just go through his fourth quarter alone. Thirteen disposals. He had one mark, one tackle, kicked that goal. Eighty-five percent in the defensive half in the in the last quarter. His work rate, sixty-two percent disposal efficiency in the last quarter. His last quarter was absolutely phenomenal. You could tell after about five minutes into the last quarter. He thought, well, they're not getting blown out here and Mitchell is going to get him. He's going to drag him back in the game and possibly to the front. I just thought his game today, and considering that probably only get one vote, if I was giving votes, which shows you how, how good a couple of other Portland players were. I thought his game today was absolutely phenomenal. I totally, totally agree with you. And I'd extend that even further because his third quarter, I think he had 10 touches and, you know, we've been crying out for weeks for one of our experienced midfielders. 12 disposals. 12, 12, 12 in the third. For one of our experienced midfielders to just take some ownership. The kids were great. We just needed someone. He didn't have the greatest first half, but his second half of footy, his second half of footy is one of the best halves of footy he's ever played. So... To say that about Tom Mitchell actually highlights how good it, good he was. He also, you talked about his defensive work, Ash. He had eight score involvements. So he was doing it everywhere. And obviously he, he missed uh, a snap early, but kicked that important snap um, when he needed to on his right. And he was absolutely immense. He, I totally agree with you as well. I don't think you'll be getting the the three or two votes, 
but that is based on the fact that he, he didn't do much in the first half, but his second half was as good a half of football as you're going to see from an individual footballer. Dad's quick word about I that. To that but I, think, um, I think if they're going to share the captaincy around with McAvoy out for quite an extended period, Mitchell's definitely put his hand up with that. Without second quarter performance, it, it just screamed captain all over it. So I hope he gets a nod. That's where I get it next week and they play against his old team, Swans. Uh, number four for Hawthorne is Jarman Impey, 20 disposals, five marks, four tackles, um, 85% time in the back half. All contested, all possessions were yeah, five contested, 15 uncontested possessions, five intercept possessions, four score involvements. Um, and he had, uh, yeah, that sort of more sums up how he went. Uh, thoughts on him, Daz? Just thought you, you felt safe when the ball was in his hands. He made the right decision more often than not. Um, his, who was he selling candy to there? I can't, I can't recall who it was, but that was a... I think it was Reece Stanley in the pocket. I just love that moment. I think Jars, you know, to, to, to play like he played today off of no preseason, um, was rusty the game he came back, but that was the Jars of old and... He's such an important player. You kind of forgot how important he was just given the length of time that he had out. But today, on a game, in a game like today, you just realise how important he is to that back line and the composure off, off half-back. Next player is one of the most interesting players we're going to talk about on this, uh, on this podcast, I think. It's uh, James Warple. Came on uh, as the injury sub after Ned Reeves left the ground. He had 14 disposals. He had three marks, five tackles. He spent 79% of the time in the defensive half. I suppose efficiency was a sort of a Warple-esque 43%. Um, he had uh, four turnovers, one intercept possession. He took three marks. I just want to go through all this fairly carefully. He had, um, he had five tackles, 13 centre-bounds attendances. Um, yet the figures don't really leap out. He had two stoppage clearances and two clearances. The figures don't leap off the page here, but he just he took his demotion the right way. And as Sam Mitchell explained in the post-match press conference, he was, it was said to him, you're not a VFL footballer, you're an AFL footballer who just needs who's a bit out of form. I thought he, he responded uh, terrifically today. Yeah, once again, totally agree. I think his first touch, he hacked it from outside of defensive 50 and it went to three Geelong players totally by themselves and you just thought oh my god not like not what James Warfel's back but the way he responded you know I I probably compare it with a Liam Shields because they're both in very similar situations in today's today's game and we'll get to Shields later on but Warple just wanted it. He was hungry. He, he went in for it. He put his body on the line. And again, like we were crying out for that in the midfield. And I think he delivered. I actually probably gave him a seven and a half, despite the fact that, as you said, Ash, those figures don't necessarily, if you're looking at figures exclusively and you read through that, that stats line, you go, oh, uh, he probably hasn't had a great day, but he really, really gave us something that we needed. And I thought he, he responded to his his demotion and then being named as a sub perfectly. Number six, we'll talk about this guy for a while, I think. Uh, 
James Sisoy, 26 disposals, 15 marks. Uh, one behind, we'll talk about that briefly. Uh, he spent 9% of his time in the offensive half. He did seek forward late. Um, he had four contested, 26 and four, four of those possessions were contested. He had seven intercept possessions. He had um, yeah, two contested, 13 contested marks, 10 rebound 50s, two inside 50s. He had, um, yeah, that, that's sort of the main stats, but just uh, two inside 50s. Just one of the great 400, 486 metres game as well. We should uh, mention that. Um, an outstanding game today from James Sisley. Yes. Yeah, as close as close to ten as I've as I've given anyone this this season. It's a nine and a half, and because he, he if he converted that that shot, I reckon there would have been a ten. He when that was he, that was from the twenty five meter penalty that he got, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you're never going to let that one go, are you? <laughs> um, to go at eighty eight and a half. 26 possessions in these conditions. I mean, I, I don't know how you how you get more elite than that. He's just he was in the right spot at the right time so often, and that is not that's a that's probably one of the best forward lines in the league too. So marshaled the defense really well, and he's again another one who is becoming a real a real leader in this side. Who do you have primary responsibility for, Hawkins or Cameron? It was Hawkins, wasn't it? I think it was Hawkins. I think uh, Granger Barris had a had a role on Cam, Cameron at various points in the game. Um, but yeah, another thing I have to watch on the replay. I think it changed and rotated a bit as well. It it just sort of um, depended on um, the actual momentum with the game because especially the first half, Geelong were trying to come out over the top and out the back and. We were playing a bit more of a, a zone game and, and their forwards seemed to be breaking clear a bit more. But then it was different in the second half when we had our actual rolling zone, very defensive zone set up, which matched theirs. But he was just outstanding. He had nine marks to quarter time. His first quarter, again, I talked about Mitchell's second half of footy. His first quarter of footy, Sicily today, was maybe the best quarter of footy he's played. He was just in everything. Sam Frost, number eight for Hawthorne, 15 disposals, uh, four marks, two tackles, 94% disposal efficiency, uh, 60% disposal efficiency, 94% of the time in, in the back half, as you'd expect. Eight contested possessions, two, two turnovers, not too bad, nine intercept possessions. Uh, he had, uh, he's on ground pretty much the whole time, I think. Uh, and yeah, they're the main figures for him. 269 metres gained. Daz? Yeah, I think Frost has just continued his great start to the year. Um, again, that's not not a small task, um, playing playing on those forwards. And I think he's, he, he really stuck to stuck to both of them. And even, even when they were taking marks, he was, he was pulling them out to the side and pulling them out to positions that weren't so easy to score from. And he was getting getting pretty close to getting a hand on the on the footy, even when they were um, um, well ahead in terms of leading out. So another great game for Frost and 
becoming actually one of the one of the best key defenders in the league. I'm going to put it out there and say that. Oh, big statement. It's huge. That's probably too huge for now. We'll give him a couple more weeks. Uh, number nine, Chankwop GF, 19 disposals, four marks, one tackle. Uh, 85% of his time in the defensive half. Uh, 95% disposal efficiency, which is terrific. Eight contested, 11 uncontested possessions. 222 metres gained. Um, I think he was actually matched up by Zach Smith for a fair bit early on. In particular, Smith actually, Smith actually thought played quite well for today for John. One of the handful who did. Um, but I thought CJ, teams are starting to put a bit of work into him a little more. Not getting quite, last couple of tests, had the running lanes. Not getting quite the space he did earlier in the season. But again, I thought he worked through it. I thought his last quarter stats, because again, I thought he lifted in the last quarter, six disposals in the last quarter um, as well, um, covering a bit more ground as I look at his heat map. He was getting a lot of, he was moving sort of to almost, you know, to, towards half four, 100% disposal efficiency in that last quarter as well. Uh, how'd you rate his game, Andrew? It clearly wasn't, um, it, it clearly wasn't one of his best games. I think 116 was... metres gained in the last quarter as well. I'm sorry to interrupt. He, uh, so clearly his, his, his elite fitness was shown in the last quarter on a, on a, on a physically hard day. Yeah, I think it was clear that he got better and had more of an impact as the game went on. What I love about this group is, and and I think we're all waiting for Lucky Bramble to get back in, but we just spoke about Frost. CJ and Jarman Inky, I don't think provided their natural dashing run that we're used to. And we saw that from Frost a bit today. He had two or three times where he absolutely took the game on and I guess moving back to CJ he was down in that area but as you said Ash he got better as the game on uh, went on um I think he was just okay I gave him a six number 10 Jager O'Meara 15 disposals three marks a tackle and a goal 56% of his time in the offensive half 60% disposal efficiency 11 contested possessions um, 194 metres gained. He was present at 12 centre bounces. Two inside 50s he had. Uh, he had five clearances and three centre clearances. Um, we talk about him every week. Uh, Jager, the acting captain. Again, I just thought he's... It's, it, again, he's still not in great form, but I thought he worked incredibly hard. And I thought he played a... Pretty solid last quarter again. I mean, I keep going through his last quarter. That's five disposals in the last quarter. Um, 80% in the offensive half. So they sort of got him out a bit of the midfield in the last quarter and played him forward. What you uh, make of his game, Dad? Yeah, I feel like I've been pretty hard on Jager for the past few games. And I, I agree. I think he he really tried his guts out. And what didn't all go right for him, but he kicked an important goal. Um Probably six out of ten for me. I think he was important at, at late stages of the game when we needed a cool head and um, and for someone to win a contest. And he's working through some issues clearly, whether that's just formal or some niggle. But um, I thought I thought he was an important contributor, especially in that second half. I reckon, based on what we said before, it might be time to give... If, if they are about rotating the captaincy while Ben McAvoy is out, and I know he had a neck brace on today, McAvoy, sitting on the vision on TV, so he's not going to be 
expect anytime soon. Um, I would imagine that uh, he's had three weeks and they might think about giving it to... Um, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I um, saw just on that with McAvoy because I saw him down in the race before the games and he was, he had the neck brace on, but he was not moving freely at all. So, uh, yeah, um, if... As one doesn't with a neck brace. No, but as in, as in just everything, like the way he was walking... Um, the way he was turning and moving, I don't think we're going to see him for... Uh, I'd be surprised if we saw him again this season, but that's another story. Oh, big statement. Um, we made it to Roost pretty quickly after the game, so he got to win my ball. Cotter Nash, number 11, 10 disposals, uh, a mark, three tackles. Uh, mainly played behind the ball, 70% in the defensive half, the 60% disposal efficiency. Seven contested possessions. Of his 10 possessions, seven were contested. We got, certainly got his hands dirty. Um, he took one mark, as I said. 82.3 uh, minutes on the ground. Uh, had five hitouts. He had four clearances, uh, including a centre clearance. And he had 10 centre bounce attempts, 27 ruck contests. A busy day at the office for Connor. Dad. Yeah, another all-action game for Connor. Played a variety of roles. Was important in the ruck. I, I, I don't think it was one of his better ruck performances, but he was that big body when we needed it at a whole bunch of contests across the game. Um, just loved the chase down tackle on Selwood. That was one of my top five Connor Nash highlights of all time. Um, and yeah, seven, seven and a half out of ten, I think. Connor Nash is arrived and he's among our, in our best 22 for me. Um, just, just really impressed with the way that he started the year. As you mentioned, four clearances, uh, that, that had him as the fourth most clearances for the team. And I really love that even though he might not be able to contest as well as a ruckman, that literally when he is in the middle or in the ruck contest, we actually have four midfielders around the ball. So, you know, after quarter time, Stanley monstered us and even Blitzards, I think, ended up with quite a few hit outs. But they didn't do that much with it. And he was just an extra mid when the ball came to ground. So I uh, agree with what Daz said, like the emergence of Connor Nash continues to grow and, I can't see him. I can't see him playing twos for the rest of the season. He's a staple. I think um, if Chris Scott will be pointing the fingers at his uh, midfielders, they let him down today. Mitch Duncan always plays well against Hawthorne. He was he did okay, but they did not get enough out of the midfield. Considering after quarter time, Hawthorne had no ruckman, they should have been able to improvise and work things out for the better. And I think that was a really poor that that they'd be really disappointed. I reckon along with their midfield output. Today, Hawthorne uh, did far too much in the midfield consumer. They didn't have a, a, a big bloke after a quarter time or whenever it was. Uh, Dylan Moore, uh, 19 disposals, one mark, six tackles, four goals, one uh, equal personal best, 84% time in the forward half, no surprise, 63% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions, five turnovers, two intercept possessions. Scoring accuracy was at 80%. Uh, spent a big, most of the game on the ground. Four tackles inside 50, six tackles altogether. 
uh, a stoppage clearance and a clearance. Um, what do you make of his game, Dev? Well, if I said Frost is one of the, the best key defenders in the game, Dylan Moore is one of the best small forwards in the game. And that's probably closer to the pin. He loves a goal and he kicked four of them. And he just has has that knack for making himself space in in um, in, in, in tight positions. And just, I think it was that third goal that he dribbled through is just... Um, just the awareness to, to kind of shift his body a bit to the right and get his foot around it just to, to stop whoever was diving for the footy. It just his, his game IQ and his awareness is brilliant and his forward pressure all day was, was telling. Um, eight and a half for me, could have got a nine. He was just, he was just great. Weezy, any words on one of your favourites? Uh, I think his first half was outstanding and, you know, to have a half forward kick kick four and have 19 touches, um, he loves the goal. Uh, as Kane Corns, your good friend, Ash, now is very well aware he's elite uh, <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's just a kid. So to have someone like him as part of this group of kids is just super exciting. Super exciting, and he's someone personally like he's someone that if we're losing by big margins at games this year, he's still someone that you can go and watch and hope that he'll keep those few goals and watch how hard he works and get excited by. He's a ripper. In the same way that um, Carlton supporters were talking about CJ after after that game, there were a lot of Jordan supporters I overheard talking about Dylan Moore after this game, and I think. If the you know if the footy world hasn't paid paid attention yet, that they're, they're going to be really soon, and this may be the round that he gets a few more plaudits. Um, this is the player rankings. Well, the spaces on Tuesday night, we'll be discussing the issue of whether he uh, he whether he's got a diet, a ducking issue. But uh, I'll park that one until tomorrow night because there is a belief amongst the neutrals that he does. Uh, Jack Scrimshaw, twenty four disposal. Um, seven marks at tackle, um, 83% disposal efficiency, uh, seven contested possessions, three turnovers, eight intercept possessions, uh, uh, seven marks all uncontested, um, and he gained 298 metres. Uh, Andrew, what did you think? Well, if Daz thinks that Sam Frost is one of the best defenders in the game and that Dylan Moore is one of the best forwards in the game, then Jack Scrimshaw is a potential All-Australian captain in the game because he <laughs> was absolutely outstanding. And, I mean, second half, even there was one contest towards the end of the last quarter where he had to make ground on an opponent massive punch and put the ball out, like killed it. Geelong was streaming forward. He, he had a couple of those contests where, you know, he just he just backed himself and went. And I think in our previous conversations around the differences between Scrimshaw, Scrimshaw and Virtual, uh, I've said, I think what Scrimshaw offers in the air is superior from a contested marking point of view. But today from a closing ground, making the contest and making spoils, 
he was outstanding. He was solid all day. Um, I gave him a nine. Very good ranking. He was terrific. He was terrific. If he were giving five players back today, he'd probably be in the top five. He might miss out on the three to one. Seems to be a fair bit of unanimity about the votes for the Hawks today. Blake Hardwick, number 15 for Hawthorne. 18 disposals, three marks, a tackle. Um, he was all defensive half, of course. 78% disposal efficiency, which is much better after his uh, clangor fest against the Saints. Um, he had only three turnovers, three intercept possessions, um, 485 metres gained, um, seven rebounds, 50s. I'm pretty sure he had responsibility for Patrick Dangerfield, who played almost exclusively out of the forward line. Um, we were thinking that uh, last week was an aberration by Dima Hardwick. And I think, Darren, that proved to be the case on his showing today. Yeah, well, it was back to Blake Hardwick doing Blake Hardwick things. And he was never going to have two bad, bad games in a row. So back to the 7.5 that I usually give Blake Hardwick. Just if he's... If he, if his job was to negate Dangerfield, he absolutely did that. I, I don't think Dangerfield, aside from a couple um, moments, really was much of an influence on that game. And um, Dimmer was also just this, the conditions really suited him. I thought um, that sort of footy player, and he he was he was class. Um, yeah, some people think Dangerfield's carrying an injury, but still, Harvey uh, took the cleanest. So great. Afternoon by um, Blake Hardwick. Number 19 is Jack Gunston, coming off an absolute mare against the Saints last week. He had 11 disposals, three marks, five tackles, but kicked three goals, one. This was the Gunston that we like. Looking at his heat map, he almost, yeah, I think he once went past the, into the defensive side of the ground, like 80, uh, 91% of the time in the defensive half. But we didn't see a lot of the time where, where he often pushes back into the defence. They didn't do that today. He had an interesting role because the selection as they lined up with Kaczynski in the second forward allowed Gunston to be the, was going to be the third forward. And he was showing a bit of promise earlier as the third forward. And then, of course, Kaczynski became more of a ruckman. Um, once Rees ran off, Gunston went back to the second forward. But I thought he'd work his way through the game uh, really well today, Jack Gunston. And he was deadly in front. I mean, the three goals on was deadly. A brilliant left foot, uh, left foot snapping traffic at one stage as well. I think in the the last quarter, he would be really pleased because he, he had an ordinary game last week and he bounced back. You know, he didn't have a heap of possessions, but he made them pay with everyone today. Yeah, uh, Andrew? Yeah, he doesn't need to be our hero. He just needs to be part of the system and help with that structure. And and now when you've got Mitch Lewis and you've got Moore and Bruce who have been consistent, uh, all, all you want is exactly what we got from him today. Uh, he presented, he arranged the forward line really well. Um, and, yeah, uh, that left foot snap was the, you know, when we needed it, was the was the pick of the goals for me. Um, reminded me of the two in Adelaide, the two snaps that he did where they weren't, it wasn't a traditional snap. Like, it didn't move five metres. It was a left foot snap that went end over end and straight. Uh, and uh, it was just magnificent. I, I gave him an eight. Okay. Uh, our WhatsApp group's got something's going on in our WhatsApp group, but uh, I'll get back to it uh, before we finish up. Tom 
Dirty goal, Philip didn't uh, didn't get a dirty goal today. Uh, he had nine disposals, one mark, four tackles. Um, he's seventy eight percent in defensive half, eighty nine percent disposal efficiency, which is not bad for him. Uh, three of his possessions were contested. Um, trying to find his meters gain because that is always six only sixty six meters gain. That's it's a strange one. Um, what you make of Phillips's game, Bez? Just a very typical Tom Phillips, scruffy game. I think the conditions, again, it was, it was, where, where the footy sort of suits Tom Phillips, just gets in there and <clears throat> get, likes to get dirty and um, wasn't the most kind of, he was quite fumbly at times and wasn't so clean with the footy. But I, I thought, again, he just played his role well and um, I think we can probably do a bit better there on the wing in terms of someone who you can use it for you well. But, you know, went at 88.9 and, um, yeah, I'm going to give him a, a six and a half. He, he just another player that just keeps trying and <clears throat> maybe would have got another half if he had kicked a dirty snap. It was a kind of day for him. <laughs> Number 22, fourth one is Luke Bruce. He had 15 disposals, three marks, two tackles, two goals, one. Um, when it's 60% disposal efficiency, Six contested possessions, uh, had five turnovers. He took three uncontested marks for the day, gained 275 metres on the ground, 105 out of 124 minutes. He had three inside 50s. Um, what did you make of his game, uh, Andrew? Yeah, again, uh, it's his role to get those sorts of numbers to present, to kick the goals that he needs to and... You know, he's, he's just so safe. He's so safe. And when he kicked that goal uh, late, I think, what was it, about the 20-minute mark of the last quarter, that was just the perfect time to stand up and let the two Geelong supporters behind me know exactly who it was that kicked it. So, um, look, I thought he played his role perfectly. I gave him a seven and a half. I don't think he was outstanding, but... He did everything that he needed to. Do you reckon that was a mung kick from Phillips to Bruce? Or do you oh, no. He was looking for we, we were behind him 100%. Phillips was trying to left foot check side that. He was 100% having a shot at goal and totally got it wrong. And <laughs> I was just lucky that that landed in, in Bruce Lack. Number 23 is Jacob Kaczynski. Um, back into the side. I think it was the first time this year. Fred Kaczynski. I think it was, it was first game. Yeah. Yeah, first game. Six disposals, um, one mark, two tackles, um, 50, 50% disposal efficiency, 34% of his time in the defensive half. Um, he had five contested possessions. Let's go through to some of the key stats for him. He had 11 hit outs. He had um, 14 centre balance attendances, 43. Ruck contest, his role obviously fundamentally changed once Ned Rees went off the ground. He dropped a couple of marks early and he had one mark in the clear. He dropped the chest mark early. I thought, oh, this is a bit of a worry. Just when they were really, they kicked three, I think it would have been, it would have given him like a four or five ball in the first quarter if he'd marked the kick truly when he, when he dropped that mark. It was thinking, oh God, it's not going to be his day again. But he, he adapted to his role. Nice coaching from Sam Mitchell to sort of guy they worked out with him and Nash in the ruck and he in the end I think Daz would be well pleased with his contribution even if the stat sheet doesn't really reflect it 
Yeah, I think I think when you look at his year, he had an interrupted preseason with a shoulder surgery, comes back, you know, gets doesn't play first round, probably a bit underdone, goes in box hill, plays a, a new role, just, you know, again, the foresight from Mitch, I think you're noticing that with our rock, rock stocks were pretty low with Segler going and, um, you know, giving him a few minutes in the rock probably was quite telling today in the end. Um, and, you know, it gets a scratch in the eye, barely plays the game last week for Box Hill and then comes in and drops a few marks. But again, the, the effort and the, the willingness to, to play a role when he was probably our main man in the forward line last year, I'd take my hat off to him and, um, you know, it wasn't his best game, but again, some a player that's got a lot of upside and he will continue to get better. So six and a half for me, just a lot of points for effort. Well, to win premierships, as they say, and I think, you know, that's the sort of role the coach will be delighted with his uh, contribution today. Just stepped up, played a changing role and did it pretty well. Denver, Granger, Barris, I mean, it's almost not worth talking about his possessions because he's not really in the team, I think, to get the ball anymore. Five disposals, uh, one kick, four handballs, three tackles, uh, all defensive half, 60% disposal efficiency for those five tackles, four contested possessions. Of, of, they were four, four of them were contested possessions. Um, he had no zero metres gained. Um, three tackles, as I said. He, um, basically, he was there in the gate. It was just there to half contests. He did that. Pretty well. There's one contest that Sam Mitchell uh, singled out in his post-match press conference where he halved the contest with Jeremy Cameron. I think it was in the defensive goal square at a really important time in the last quarter. Some desperation, some smarts. Um, I've got no doubt he's going to be a 200 game player for Hawthorne. It's a slow, a bit of a slow burn at the moment, but clearly the coaches are very invested in him and he played his role today, Andrew. Yeah, look. There was a lot of chatter in the stands about between a few of the guys around um, where he's actually at. And he's clearly someone that we need to have a lot of time for. For me, there was a, a, um, a moment in the last quarter. I, I don't think it's the same one you're talking about, Ash, because Jeremy Cameron was having a shot at goal from about 50 out. And I actually called earlier in the day the smother of Jeremy Cameron's kick at goal because every single time he was lining up, he got so close to the man on the mark. He did exactly the same thing here and the ball drops. It was sort of deeper in the pocket, but five metres out. And it just needed someone to kill the contest. And Granger Barras, it was like a one-on-one jumped up, punched the ball through for the behind and got us that possession back again. And I I don't know if it's just me. It feels like so many times over the years, we get marked, outmarked on the goal line. And it's so frustrating that we don't just kill the ball. So how was that Cameron goal in the first quarter? Yeah, totally, totally disgraceful. So it was like, you know what? You could just see from that one play that he understands the game. He's going to take a lot of time. Um, you know, he, he gets like a, a five or a five and a half because he actually didn't do much for the whole game. But that one play was enough for me to go. He just needs to keep playing. And now no longer matters that Hardigan's not there. 
play him for the rest of the season, get the 20 games under the belt, get him the experience because he's part of this team in the future. Josh Ward, 18 disposals, uh, 9-6-9 handballs. Mark, three tackles. Uh, again, mainly defensive half. 83% disposal efficiency, which is great for Josh. Uh, nine contested, 10 uncontested possessions, four turnovers, two intercept possessions, six score involvements, um, uh, 16 pressure acts, which is good. 196 metres gained. He had five clearances, of which three were centre clearances. Uh, he's at 21 centre bounces. I want to go through his last quarter quickly because I thought I thought he would have not, not much left in the tank in the, third, in the last quarter. He played a really good last quarter, seven disposals, um, mark a tackle um, at 100% disposal efficiency. So when the heat was on late, he played a fantastic last quarter. His decision-making was outstanding in that final quarter. He had five contested possessions in the last quarter. Uh, gee, there was a lot to like about his game today. Just... Again, looked like he's struggling early. I thought, oh, maybe they've made a mistake in playing. He's looking a bit tired. Got better as the game went on, and I thought he was a huge factor. I mean, Mitchell, Tom Mitchell was the star of the last quarter, and when we get to Hawthorne, probably best midfielder of the day towards the end because he's always the highest number. But Ward was great. Andrew. Oh, Darren. Yeah, I mean, five games into his career and he calls out a performance like that, I just... It's, it's rough. <laughs> I think we've got a beauty. I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but geez, how good would it have been to be Josh Ward, lifelong Hawthorne supporter out there today, beating Geelong first time he comes up against them and then doing it with such composure, not a sense of nerviness, just feeling like he belonged from, from the very first touch in the very first game. And it's, it's hard to fault that performance. I just, I, I thought he was, he was terrific and, and noticeable too. Never shied away from, from wanting the footy and demanding the footy. And I just think, God, if that's his fifth game, we're, we're in for a treat with Ward. He would be fighting on air tonight, wouldn't he? Yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him an eight. I thought he was I thought he was great. His decision making was <laughs> excuse me, outstanding, especially in that last quarter. Uh, was just uh, unbelievable to watch. Quite present because I've mentioned this a couple of times already. But when I interviewed him for the record, he said, because uh, yeah, he's such a massive Hawthorne supporter, he said, I've identified my place from the side. I think I know where I can make a contribution from the start. Well, he's doing it. So uh, good on him. So it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic day. For him to have grown up these games and been tortured like so many Hawthorne people these games against Geelong of late to get out there and, and play a win against him in his first game. He just said he'd be on, he'd be, uh, he'd be on cloud nine tonight. Liam Shields back on the side after uh, a bit of form issues and uh, and uh, and having a baby, all, all sorts of things. Thirteen disposals, um, six marks, four tackles, even, really, even split in defensive and offensive side of the ground. Seventy-seven percent disposal efficiency, um, four contested possessions. Two intercept possessions, only one turnover, which is not bad for him. He took six uncontested marks, 189 metres gained. Um, did not see one centre bounce attendance, which tells you a bit about his role in the side. Uh, who am I up to? Uh, Dad? Yeah, look, I think um, he responded really well after 
going back and playing some footy at Box Hill and he's clearly not a, a BFL level player, but he's got to find a new role in the side. And, you know, on one hand, I'm so happy that he came out there and responded well and played his role. And on the other, it's how many games is he going to play this year and how many games is he going to keep the likes of Ned Long and, and, and some of the other emerging midfielders from, from getting a game. So um, I think it's important that Liam Shields leads the way and plays, plays in, in, in these sorts of games. And he was, he was a cool head, I think, when we needed a good, a good senior leader on the ground. Um, and, I, yeah, I thought he responded really well, but I don't want to keep seeing Liam Shields in the, in the 22 every week, as good as he was. It's not often for me that we do this, Daz, but I actually, I, I totally disagree. I, I don't think, I think similar to the discussion about Warple earlier, he had a lot to play for today coming back in and he knows how big uh, Easter Monday is. And I, I don't think he had much of a presence on the game whatsoever. In fact, the biggest presence I think he had was when he gave away that stupid 50-metre penalty to Tom Hawkins where he came in from behind him. And there were so many ridiculous 50s and decisions given that you just shook your head. But that was totally... I was shaking my head at Shields because he should know better. And I just... I really wanted to be able to come into tonight at the start of the day saying, put my hand up. Shields proved me wrong and has to keep playing, but I didn't, I didn't see anything that makes me feel that way from today, as opposed to if there's another option and it's a kid that's just as, you know, just as good to play, like, unless he's doing more, I, I don't know that there's necessarily a place for Liam in the team anymore. I think you're judging maybe 2022 Liam Shields by the, the ridiculously high standards that he's set early on in his career and through the premiership years as well, maybe. And I think he he's a role player now. And I think when you it was a game where a lot of 50-50 contests throughout the game. And I don't think he really locked, can't remember him not going in hard or, or, or kind of not halving or losing a contest. So yeah, I I I, I do understand that that he is taking away a game from a younger player, but I thought he played a a, a role, it wasn't a damaging, you know, 25 plus possession game from Liam, but he's got a different. You know, so, I mean, if, if you look at our older players and them being role players, I couldn't say that he played a better role today than Bruce, Gunston, Tom Mitchell, obviously, maybe Jager. There'd be a case to say you know, which of them contributed more. But, you know, our, our older generation role players, Sam Frost, that we've talked about, like, actually totally did everything that they needed to do in their position. And I'm not, you know, it's obviously at all opinion. I, I'm not sure he did that. What do you think, Ash? I thought he, I thought he made the most of his opportunities today um, and made a contribution. But I do know they're very big on Ned Long, and um, so a whisper I got today will be we'll be seeing him quite soon, which will make Brad very happy because Brad's been pushing from to debut for about the last three or four weeks. But uh, she was good. I mean, I was happy they picked him. I was, you know, that solid experienced 
body experience played in these games. I thought he played his role. But again, I'm not sure. When, you know, I'd like to think he's not on the team on a regular basis come the second half of the season. But they need him today, and I thought he played his role. Connor McDonald, uh, 16 disposals, eight kicks, eight handles, three marks, no tackles. I don't think tackling is quite his go, certainly at this stage of his career. 75% disposal efficiency, nine contested possessions. Um, he had uh, four turnovers, no intercept possessions. He had uh, took three uncontested marks, five inside 50s. Again, I want to go through the last quarter stat before I hand it over to... Um, to you, Andrew. He had five disposals in the last quarter. And a mark, he went um, at 100% disposal efficiency again, like his mate Joshy. And um, yeah, that again, I thought unobtrusive for three quarters, full of run and smart decision-making in the last. Yeah, totally agree. Came home strong in the last. What I love about him is... Probably two or three times where he either fumbles or misses a handball, and uh, like I find my heart sinks a little bit before remembering that he's a five-game footballer, and then straight away he'll do something silky. Uh, he was involved in a couple of our biggest passages of play, and there was I think it was a one-two in the last quarter where he was out in front of the members, in front of the MCC members, and. Again, his, his decision-making and what he does with the ball makes you go, you know, this kid can play. And Daz and I were talking about it. We met up at halftime. Like, the, the Ward-McDonald combination is almost... And, and let's just talk about types of players, right? If Jai Newcomb, who we get to, is more Sam Mitchell, then Ward and McDonald are more... Jordan Lewis and Luke Hodge, right? Like they're the midfielders with the polish and the decision-making, their instant decision-making to set up. And it's just, it's it's been beautiful to watch. Like, what are we three and two with these kids playing games of footy? And yet we don't necessarily always win through the midfield, but they're getting it a dozen to 20 times a game. And um, yeah, McDonald's, excites me as much as as Ward does and I don't think we would there wouldn't be many people who would be saying that five weeks ago Ned Reeves wears number 37 of Hawthorne um let's look at the key stats before he went off the ground um he had 10 hit outs he had um for 14 rough contests he had one clearance it was a center clearance there's 69 metres gained in a quarter or so of football. Three score involvements um, as well. He had, uh, he had two disposals, three score involvements in his time on the ground. Uh, I thought he was the most influential player on the ground to have been off. And like a lot of people thought, well, that might be the end of the penny section for Hawthorne today once he went off the ground. Um, but he's coming along really, really nicely. I, mean, I know he was one of the, sort of that, the few heroes against St Kilda last week, but he 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 was taking Reese down to the cleaners. Yeah, absolutely was. And I'm going to give him a ten for all of those hit outs. And the the the, the 
let's not forget the act of courage that got him in the situation with his shoulder to, to, to launch himself at the footy like that and kill that contest at a crucial part of the game, at the you know, crucial part of the game, early, crucial early part of the game towards the end of that first quarter. Um, I just, it's just cruel when that happens because he probably could have ended, ended the game best on ground the way that he was going. He, he attended 14 ruck contests. So 14 ruck contests for 10 hit outs for four to direct advantage with a few score involvements. And uh, like he is absolutely the reason it was five goals to one at quarter time. And you could see it through the first 10 minutes of the second quarter. Like my mood totally changed to thinking Geelong already have had first use of everything. We are going to get smashed in the contest. If their mid at field is up to it, we're going to get smashed getting first hands to the ball. Uh, and I, I don't think Geelong took their opportunities in the second quarter, but um, his first quarter was clearly his best quarter of football that he's played and, again, showed that he could become an absolute dominant force with time and experience. I'm going the big statement here. At his current rate of improvement in three years time he will be a top five ruckman in the afl he's and he will he will become a top five ruckman and he'll be at the time that gorn and grundy will start to decline so it's right there for him and he you know he's going to be up there with guys like um darcy from Fremantle, and probably rowan marshall's got you know he's, he's, he's ascending this will be the discussion. I'm telling you now, this is Reeves will be in that in three to five years' time. Reeves will be being spoken about with those players. And I know people say it's a toss up between Reeves and Lynch for Hawthorne's number one ruckman. And Reeves and Lynch, by uh, in, in, in because possession is nine tenths of the law, he'll be the number one ruckman for Hawthorne now for several weeks. Although that club are quite optimistic that uh, he might have escaped serious damage, Reeves. So <laughs> Mitchell hasn't yet ruled him out for next week. Um, Bizarrely, um, but what a player! This is an inspired. I don't know. Who, I know he's the chief executive's son, but whoever found him uh, might want to be going in for a bit of a uh, pay rise, a pay a pay rise at some stage. It'll be, it'll come up well in the performance review because he's a player. The thing is, I watched a bit of his his emergence at Box Hill, and you could you could tell even then his his sheer height is obviously a, a big factor in, in, in him getting first first hand. But he's a natural footballer. He's not just a basketballer. You know, they're trying to play football and like, you're a big play rough. He's a footballer. That's right. And that's the thing that stood, stood out. He's not, a, he's not a sort of lanky, giraffe-like, uncoordinated big guy. He, he really can do things. He's a beautiful, he's a beautiful set shot. Um, he's, you know, got a really good set of hands. And he's, he, he looks like a footballer. He's just despite his height. And I reckon, I've seen, I've seen a couple of glimpses. I don't know if he's got a nasty streak as well. He's got a serious competitive streak, which will hold him in good stead as he gets more experience as well. Well, I think we're saving best to last uh, on this podcast. Um, and you guys can fight amongst it because I think it's the 23rd player. So you've each done uh, 11. So you, you both, we can both talk. You can both talk about this player. John Newcomb was magnificent today. 
Hawthorne. It was evident from the opening bounce. He tore into the opening bounce. He, he epitomised the bring-your-mouth-guard to training attitude of during the week. 31 disposals. He had seven marks, three tackles. Um, he was 61% disposal efficiency. If there was any knock, a, little bit, a couple of tardy possessions late in the game, he had nine contested, 23 uncontested possessions, eight turnovers, six intercept possessions, um, seven all marks are uncontested, two clearances, um, three tackles, as I said, six inside 50s, three rebound 50s, even with a couple of frees for 21 set of bounce attendances. For those of you who play that, 113 fancy points, which I think is good. Um, he was phenomenal today. I reckon talk, the, talk him up, boys. The ones, the one stat that sums him up that you haven't mentioned yet, he was leading metres gained on the ground of 653. Yes. And his penetration, I, I often worry that he's going to get caught. He takes the extra step and the players close on him, but he always gets that kick away and the penetration significant. He is, it's hard to believe that he's like just a kid. He looks like a seasoned warrior that's been doing this for years and he's, he's a breath of fresh air in that midfield. He's going to compliment Ward and McDonald beautifully. He was incredible today. He was our barometer all day, consistent throughout the whole day. And, yeah, I mean, it was near... If it wasn't for the clear um, scruff kicks and a couple of turnovers as a result of them, it would have been the near-perfect game. The turnovers to me always come from him trying to do something creative. It's never, it's never just, you know, sometimes it's a shame kick, but he's always trying to do something creative. He's always, his 450 entries are improving every week. There was one point, I think in the second quarter, where someone just absolutely, you know, you talk about him taking that extra step and someone got right into his back, didn't knock him off balance at all, just got the kick perfectly into, I think, um, who was it? Was it Gunston? Um, but he he just is getting better and better. And it's pretty scary because you thought there was, there was a ceiling, he was a tackle machine and that's what he was going to be. But who knows where this, how high the ceiling goes for Jai. And there was Gippsland conditions out there too. And I think that really, that was, that's kind of the, the game that he would dominate, um, that, the, those conditions for sure. I'm not sure about the rising star. They didn't, Announce rising, so we certainly didn't get into the record in time for next week's edition. But um, how is he, how how is what are who are the other options? How would it be possible that he would not get the rising star nomination this week? Well, Heath Chapman's been really good for Frio, so they might have just because they he had the two days head start, they might have just or the day head start, they might have given to Heath Chapman because it's easier to set up the media for this week, and they could have all arranged it today. So I'd that, be surprised. That that, about... I'd be surprised if he does if he gets it on the basis from a logistical point of view, which means all he'll need to do next week is play a half-decent game and he'll get it next week. They often do that. He should get it because he was by far the best of the uh, eligible players this week. He was magnificent. but And he will get it before too long. I'm just not sure it'll be this week, which is a bit of a shame because he actually deserves it. What would it say about the integrity of the award if he didn't get it because logistically it wouldn't suit the AFL with what they're trying to do to promote the nominee? Well... Uh... You for Tuesday night. Spaces, I think. True. Well, we'll, 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 save that for tomorrow night. We can get collective outrage. We're going to celebrate or, or have collective outrage 
on two night spaces. I'm actually before we go, I'm actually going to introduce another category, and we're actually going to give the coach a rating, a rating every week as well. So, how do we thought Sam Mitchell? Uh, and this can also be this can take into account selection um, and media and the whole Sam Mitchell package. How did he go uh, over the last few days and today? I thought he, you know, I, I think he's doing a brilliant job. The way he speaks with the media, um, I think it's not just about him. I think it's about the team around him. So obviously he's brought Beck Goddard in and they've done their presser. Um, I heard Adrian Hickmott, you know, I was driving in um, to the ground uh, on SEN, give a really good discussion about bouncing back after last week and how they trained and, I feel like it's not just necessarily a reflection on Sam and how he's coached, but the group are clearly working well together. We saw Robert Harvey as well um, do the, um, the little coaching snippets a couple of times. So everyone's getting involved and it just feels like they're clicking so well as a group. So, yeah, I think at this point, um, you know, some of the naysayers with the, the changeover are starting to eat a bit of humble pie because from a coaching point of view, he, he's um, backing up everything that, that was promised six months ago. Yeah, and I, I think you can really get a sense of that unity and the, the kind of fun that they're all having at the open training. I just, I just felt like everyone was just enjoying each other's company a lot. A lot of laughs. Uh, Hickmott as well was, you could really feel his presence there. Love Beck Goddard. I think she was in the box today or um, just just involved in the coaching, in the wider coaching group. So, you know, there's share, a lot of opinion sharing. Um, he's having a, a massive effect, effect on this young group. And I think, you know, even Sis, I think in the post game spoke about just continually bringing the aggression and not not wavering from the game style doesn't matter what point in the game they're at. I think um, they're all buying in and it's, it's really exciting. I think there's a nice piece on sandwich on the footy record today as well, but uh, I don't know where anyone actually read it. So I brought it home with me. Ethan's read it and said it was a fantastic read. <laughs> you just go, you know, you're right. I want to proceed tomorrow night on the spaces. Um, so that's been our podcast. As we said, it's a great day. We had fun doing this one. The Hawks beating the old enemy Geelong by 12 points at the MCG uh, this afternoon. We will be back. Our player review will appear sometime next 24 hours. Is it, are we doing tomorrow night or Thursday night? No, we're doing tomorrow night. We're doing it at least for one more week uh, on Tuesday. We might continue. We're, we're sorry, stuff went around, but we'll let you know our final decision shortly, but we're at least Tuesday again for, for this week, Thursday, I think a couple of us can't make it. Um, look out, and it's a Rodney Aid week as well, so Rockets uh, monthly player review will be uh, got, got hold in tomorrow to get that happening, so we look forward to that on Hawks Insiders. Um, any other housekeeping before we go? No, I think it's always nice leaving the ground, knowing that we've got to uh, spend an hour, an hour and a quarter together going through everyone's performance after a massive win like that. And it was just, it was just a thing of beauty. So glad, glad we could spend the time and hope everyone enjoys the pod. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow night. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Daz. Thanks, Andrew. Um, join us again on the spaces about 8.30 Australian uh, Eastern 
Standard time, uh, Tuesday night. Look out for player review and other great articles on Hawks Insiders. Over the course of the week, ahead of another big game next week against the Swans, it's going from one uh, fierce rival into another one. It's a fun time of the season for the Hawks. First game in Tassie for the year as well. And we will have lots to discuss in that one, including a couple of big names likely to come back as well. So it's going to be all fun and games in Hawkland this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy the replay many times over, as I'm sure we all will. And we will talk to you again shortly. Thanks and good night.